Good Up is our space to talk about those experiences in life we didn't know we all had in common. We're the after work happy hour conversation with your best friend. The place where you bring up the hard parts of life, the ones that made you laugh, and the things that made you who you are. Because who said becoming good up wasn't a little bit uncomfortable? Stay tuned for more information about this week's episode. Welcome back to the Good Up Podcast, formerly known as the Beautiful People Podcast, also known as your father favorite podcast. That's right, your ladies father, and gents. Your baby daddy. Yeah. If you're wondering, brother. if you're wondering what they've been up to on Tuesdays, they've been listening to us and it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, but happy <laughs> new year to the girls, gays, and the days. Welcome back. Happy new year. Welcome to 2021. <laughs> it is lit. I am listen I never been so happy for a new year in my dad really oh I've been so excited and before y'all judge me no I am not one of those bitches who thinks that because it's a new year that corona is magically going to go away I just I some things are going to be popping this year for me that I've been waiting for for a long time the universe is you know it's been speaking Okay. I've been doing my work. I've been doing my little manifestations and shit. So oh, period. <laughs> I, I spoke a lot over this year and I'm ready to see that come to fruition. Okay. Open yourself up to receiving, baby. Exactly. That's all you got to so, do. A bitch is excited. But happy period. new year to, to you, my co-host. We drinking. Happy new year to you. Cheers. Happy new year, baby. Happy new year oh. to the listeners. I yes. genuinely hope that this is an amazing year for you guys. Um, yeah, Deidre, what did you do for, for New Year's Eve? I mean, this, this was quite a different New Year's Eve than I think any of us have ever experienced where we didn't yeah. have an option of going out. You, you, you know, what's funny. This is, um, it wasn't much different for me because I think the last maybe two, even three New Year's, I haven't gone out. I usually just stay home with Dylan and just kind of snuggle and, you know, eat. But see, the thing that I did do differently this year, this year in particular, I wasn't super pressed about the new year because the great conjunction happened a few days prior. And that's mm. where my energy was. That was like the new year for me. Yeah. So on the 21st, Dylan and I were writing down our goals for the year and things of that nature. So by the 31st, I didn't really feel like super pressed. I just was like, wow, 2020 is finally over. I took my time. I sat. I thought about all the things that were good and not so great about 2020. And I just, it was nice to relax. Dylan and I went to bed at like nine o'clock. <laughs> I had this bottle of Prosecco that I didn't even open because I was tired. I was like, it's a, like, bitch, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> I was tired. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it was very chill. I, um... Honestly, a few days, days before I was feeling like some heavy emotions, some some sadness. And I was like, what yeah. the hell is all? It was like my body was like purging all that like weak bitch shit like out. Like I legit yeah. was just sad as fuck. And then the day like New Year's Eve came, I had all this energy just out of nowhere. Period. Like, Period. Everything. And, you know, we have this this upstairs patio here where we live. And Stephen and I went outside a few minutes before midnight and Look, y'all, I live in this new neighborhood. All my neighbors are Mexican. When I tell y'all that Mexican people know how to throw a fucking party, they know how to throw a fucking party, okay? So they're lit They're lit for Halloween. They're lit for Christmas. (laughs) They're lit for New Year. And it's not lit for like one night. Like these people will be in their house for like three days. So... (laughs) 
<laughs> People's like, well, we not having a party, but I know they are. So we're going to just stand outside and I like, like be lit yes. from afar. Um, but no, it was, it was pretty cool at midnight, you know, fireworks started going off everywhere from like mm-hmm. the neighbor's yards and shit. So it was cool to watch. And, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was good to be in a new year, but it also January 1st signified that I have a month left as a quote unquote single woman. And <gasps> yeah, bitch is going to be married in a month. So I was like, oh shit. I'm I excited. <laughs> I mean, you better be excited. Dude. I'm lit. I'm excited. That's that's in the plan. So so 2021 is definitely um an exciting year for me that I'm looking forward to. But true, really and truly, this this episode is not entirely and completely about 2021. This episode yeah. is on that crazy ass bitch 2020 and how <laughs> she kicked in the door, walked in, and said what the fuck she was gonna do. And we just had to sit there and take it. Okay. You- Whether it was good or bad, <laughs> we had to sit there and fucking take 2020 was an Aries woman. Okay. I don't care what none I said. Yeah. That was Aries energy all the way. She walked So in here's the thing. What hoes? We all thought 2020 was our year. Everybody was like, you remember the meme with the girl walking up the steps, mm-hmm. right? You yep. know the meme I'm talking about. Yep. We all was that bitch, right? In 2019. We were like, <laughs> 2020 is my year. And then 2020 said, no, bitch, it's my year. Mm-hmm. And 2020 came in and shut us all the fuck down. She didn't even say, no, bitch, it's my year. She was like, oh, it's your year. That's cute. Yeah, basically, she That's dismissed cute. us all, disrespected us, snatched our, li- our our edges, literally and figuratively. Mm-hmm. She just really, you know, she did what she came to do. And I respect the bitch, you know? I don't want no problems. I don't want no other fucking problems. I know when to shut my mouth and then move on. <laughs> So if you could describe 2020 in, in one sentence, how would you describe this year, whether it in general or for you as a person? You know what? Um, I want to be respectful to everyone who has suffered tremendously in 2020, mm-hmm. because I feel like it's literally, I feel like 50, 50, I mean, 2020 was split down the middle. You either had a great 2020 or a fucked up 2020. I don't think there was really an in-between, yeah. if we're being honest. I happen to be one of the people that had a great 2020. So I'm very grateful for that. Like, so I would definitely say um, if I had to choose like a sentence, it would be that thing that people say all the time. Um, don't tell God your plans because he's going to laugh. I feel like it, I think it's interchangeable. right? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That's the sentence for me. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? that's all I got for you girl what Um, about you honestly I I I would like to respond to that with I think I was one of those in-between people I there's an in-between shout out to the in-between because no on on one side 2020 was a really good year for Mm -hmm. my personal endeavors and for me as a person but on the other side I felt like a lot of times I was consumed by grief Mm. for other people Um, Mm -hmm. just concern for other people, constant worry, stress, 2020 changed. If, if my, I guess my one sentence about this year would be that 2020 changed everything. I thought I knew about what I know, if that makes sense. Like Mm -hmm. I thought I knew what to expect from people in Mm. times of crisis 2020 flipped that shit upside down. I thought I knew yeah. what to expect from quote unquote a pandemic because we've seen pandemics before and COVID sort yeah. of flipped everything we thought we knew. <laughs> COVID was the one that got close to home. 
close as hell. Can we just treat COVID like Voldemort and never say it's like? Well, I no problem. (laughs) I I I have to talk about COVID almost every day at work. So I COVID me and COVID are real real familiar. But Mm -hmm. I mean, no, I I will say, and this isn't just as it relates to COVID in general, because so much else happened this year that changed literally changed everything I thought I knew about myself, about my life, about the world. Um, Mm -hmm. and I, I haven't decided if that's a good or a bad thing yet. Um, because I think that sometimes you just need those life lessons. And I think a lot of people life lessons this year. I just wish that that major life lesson that the, this year has taught us didn't come at such a huge cost to so many people. I know. Cause Um, so many people lost their lives, their loved ones. mm -hmm. So many people lost so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? you know, people have lost jobs. People yeah. have lost their livelihoods. There are a lot of people, for those of you who don't know, um, I, I think a lot of us have looked at this pandemic and this year sort of on the surface level, but a lot of people, their lives have literally literally been flipped upside down because mm-hmm. of 2020. Like, yeah. the pandemic, um, you know, there are people who are homeless or facing eviction or things like that. Yeah. So although we're going to, you know, talk, in so much detail about this year and you know you know me and Deidre like we laugh at things we talk about things lightheartedly we gonna but talk we also take life seriously right, like, <laughs> please know that we we also do take all of this seriously and our hearts definitely go out to everyone who has suffered tremendously this year and absolutely are hoping and praying that things do get better for you um but just know that we we created this space to be a safe space for people to to laugh and you know just kind of fucking crack up at the irony that is life so yeah absolutely feel free to enjoy this episode with us you know (laughs) yeah i hope you guys are able to enjoy this episode with us um that's and that was perfectly put hey isa because that's really the facts (laughs) you know like life is life is a roller coaster like sometimes that shit is lit and other times you just want to throw up you know so who do you who do you think was your mvp of 2020 in my personal life or like in the media? In, it could be in general. It could be your personal life. Who Bitch, Kamala Harris, what? <laughs> <laughs> Kamala motherfucking Harris. <laughs> I mean, I mean, first of all, okay, everybody could do what they want to do with what they want to do. However, comma, we have a not only a woman, right? But we have a black woman who's also Indian, who's also from the, you know, of Caribbean descent, who's also a graduate of an HBCU, among all the other things. I mean, come on, like, come on, Kamala. Like, you could have been one, you could have been a woman. You could have even just been a Black woman, but you had to add all those other lit things. Like, of course she the MVP. Like, Kamala, Kamala, that's it, Kamala. (laughs) My MVP is Black Twitter. Period. Black Twitter will forever be my MVP because honestly... (laughs) I think that many of us survived or, you know, disassociated or just got through this fucking year through humor. And there was no place with better memes, jokes, you know, just even the most inappropriate forms of humor in response to this pandemic than Black Twitter. Um, White Twitter, I'm not sure if you're a thing. You tried it. We were still funnier. Um, I just, from, from just, Black Twitter is just... I have no words. Okay. I, I was allowed to laugh. Like 
it was hard to laugh at something so difficult this year. And Black Twitter still found a way to make the shit funny. Okay. And yeah, I, they will forever I think be there. that's the thing that makes Black Twitter so iconic. I don't understand how Black Twitter is able to turn every fucking thing into a into joke. Into a joke. Everything. So let's reflect on that badass bitch 2020. Um, I guess we can go in sections because y'all, so I tried to, before we record this episode, recorded this episode, I tried to sit and think about every single thing, monumental mm-hmm. thing that happened this year. And y'all, I literally, I know that I'm forgetting so much, but everything that I wrote down was like insane. Like, insanity okay um so i i don't remember which one came first i know at the beginning of the year we had those major like wildfires in australia that was like taking over the news Mm -hmm. right after that we unfortunately experienced the loss of kobe bryant i recorded an episode on that um that that. was i want to say that was one of my last um solo episodes on the podcast before Deidre came on um but yeah, I think that Kobe Bryant passing was like that was that, the start of some fuck shit. That's yeah. when we knew it was going down. In that honestly, that was the moment I knew like, yo, this shit ain't right. Like something <laughs> shit about to hit the fan. Like it. That was the first time a celebrity had passed, and because I've experienced celebrities dying, obviously that have affected me. Right. Um. For example, Michael Jackson passing was. Like the world stopped, right? I remember coming to school and seeing that shit and being like, what? But also when I found out the cause of his death, I didn't really feel, I felt heartbroken, but I wasn't surprised. Same with Whitney Houston. I was heartbroken, but I wasn't surprised. It makes sense. Yeah, of her. her, her, It it was for as long as we, especially us millennials, like we've known that to be a part of her life, you know, her struggles with drug abuse, you know? So it made sense. And and even a few other celebrities, like it, it was hard hitting and it was painful. With yeah, Kobe I, Bryant, though, I legit took even to this day. Sometimes I remember that he's passed away, how he passed away and the fact that his daughter was with him. Mm-hmm. And I have to kind of like sit there and take it in all over again and be yeah. like, OK, this person actually passed away. Right. Because I couldn't fucking believe it. Like the shit was yeah, insane. That was next level. Like absolutely. I um I remember the episode because I remember like I cried. I, it took me a long time to get through that episode. I don't to be honest, I don't think I ever got to finish that episode. It was just team too much. To be to be clear, like truly transparent with you, I recorded that episode, did not edit. Um mm-hmm. I didn't. I, 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 I have never listened back to that episode. I know what I said. I recorded it. It was short. I posted it online because I needed to say something. And I have not to this day listened to that episode. Yeah, I, probably, I tried I to listen and I couldn't. And and like you said, it was it was all those layers. It was him, mm-hmm. his daughter being with him. It was the manner and it was like, I mean, we don't even have to rehash it. We know what happened, right? But it was just, so first of all, just as a human being, it's like, Wow, that's awful. And then as a parent, it's like motherfuck. And then as somebody who has once had a life partner that I lived with and all that shit, I said, I don't know what I would do. Like, I don't know how I would ha- I don't know how I would handle the love of my life and our pick me leaving the house 
and then me getting this type of news, especially on the internet, because to my understanding, I don't know how true it is. It hit the news before the family. Yeah, TMZ, TMZ had broken it first before she knew. Even, <sighs> yeah, even that is so fucked up. Like all those different layers. I'm just like, motherfuck. Like, yeah. And that's when I was like, okay, 2020. Mm-hmm. What do you, do you want my wallet? Like, what exactly is it that you want? Because I don't want no problems, girl. Like, so listen, was, so many people were so deeply affected by his yeah, passing. Like, absolutely. So many of my friends. I, and I think what really, I think hurt me the most was the amount of black men that I saw that were openly just devastated by his passing because of how monumental he's been as a, he's a black like man, but he's also this super successful basketball player, this person who's created this huge legacy for himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was an idol to so many people. So it's like, yeah. I was seeing these friends, like these male friends I've grown up with, you know, and yeah. they were like very openly, like, and, you know, without hesitation, like mourning this person. And I think it really struck me like, damn, like this is, this yeah. is some heavy shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was a lot. Heavy yeah, shit. it was like, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm nobody's sports fan, but uh, like, but I get it, you know, all the guys. And mm-hmm. I mean, back home, Everybody watched basketball. I feel like yeah. I was like, aside from drinking rum, that's like a lot of people's favorite pastime. Right, right. So um, it, it definitely, like you said, it was definitely different to see so many men, Black men, including our men from home, be so mm-hmm. heartbroken, so broken up about something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm just looking at it from a human perspective. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, fuck, like, this is a fucked up way for somebody to go, you know? And even the other lives that were lost on that aircraft, exactly. you know, like... God, that's mm-hmm. wild. Even to this day, I'm just like, every time I think about it and, and what kind of, <clears throat> how how a loss like that must feel um, mm-hmm. for his wife, for his family, like that shit is, mm-hmm. is crazy to me. But as if 2020 had not done, in, done enough a month in, okay, at that point. Yeah, I don't even think we were freshly, I mean, the year had, we were still yeah. accidentally writing 2019 on yeah. our things, yeah. you know? It literally was was the end of January when he passed away. Um, we got maybe a good month of like, okay, everybody calm the fuck down. And then they were like, by the way, there's this new virus. Girl, listen, listen, Linda. I was like, that shit. And the thing is, you know what pisses me off the most looking back at this whole coronavirus thing? People were panicking, right? Rightfully so. And I remember looking at those people and being like... Man, y'all just because, you know, sometimes people like they they do the most on the Internet. OK, there are people who literally are like they love to to rile up the fear in others online. Right. You see people do it for hurricanes. You see people do it for a lot of shit. Um, I thought this virus was going to be one of those things. Right. And then I started hearing more and more and more about the severity of it. And people started saying, is there a chance of this coming to the U.S.? And. I remember the last staff meeting that we had as a team in the office with every single staff member there. I remember them saying, you know, it's not as bad as we think it is. And they were like, we just have to remember to wash our hands. And we were sitting in a room together. Nobody had a mask on. Everybody was sitting just normal like we were like we always used to do. And they were like, you know, just wash your hands. And it's, it's like the flu just a little bit worse and it passes. 
within seven days, okay, we were all working remotely. It it happened so fast. Within seven days of that meeting, we were all working remotely. We were all adjusting to this new life. And they were like, okay, we're going to stay this way until April 30th. You remember how they would like push the deadlines back over and over and over? We're going to stay in this way until April 30th. And I was like, cool, fuck, great. My birthday going to suck this year. Might as well shave my head. Like, I went wild in. I was just like, let's just enjoy, you know, working from home, quarantine. It's going to be cool. Everybody was calling it quarantine, by the way. Y'all have been using the wrong word all year. Nobody has been quarantined this year. Unless oh, you have absolutely. COVID. Yeah. Unless you yeah. have and COVID. Even those, even some people who have had COVID have been going out as though they didn't motherfucking have COVID. Like, what the hell about that? <laughs> Because there have been people who are guilty of going out. Like, come on, y'all. But, but I mean, I I think what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that as early on as like March and April, I knew it was getting real. Um, And it was kind of scary to watch because that's when like all the toilet paper shortages and food shortages and all that stuff was, was beginning. I feel like not to cut you off, but mm -hmm. I feel like March is really when it started popping off when everybody was like, oh, no, bitch, stay because that's when Dylan's school closed Mm -hmm. is in March. Yeah. But even when that happened, there was still this idea of like, okay, in May, we'll try this again and see where we are. Right. And everybody just had it in their mind like, oh, I don't have to cancel my trip to Mexico. We're good. By June, this shit going to be over. Everybody's good. I need y'all to realize that you know, eight months ago or however long ago. A whole gestation ago. Right. We were literally sitting in our houses, kind of waiting it out, thinking that in three or four weeks, the shit was going to be over. (laughs) We are in an entirely new year and this shit is far from over. Okay. We just got a vaccine. People out here anti-vaccine. Just, just if I could go back. I would give, I don't know if y'all have seen those YouTube videos where the girl pretends to be like her future self and she goes back in time to talk to her past self. I legit would have like walk in my house in March and been like, I just want you to know. (laughs) Like, you think, bitch, you think you're going to St. Thomas and me? I need you to cancel off. Like, like, we ain't going a motherfucking place. What is carnival? What is that? What is, like? what is carnival? What what are vacations? What is the 4th of July? Because you're not doing any of that shit. <laughs> what is walking outside without checking your purse to see if you have a mask to make sure you can enter stores? What can is talk about that? driving in your car without having three different bottles of hand sanitizer to clean your hands after every time you enter the car? Like, can we discuss how in a matter of eight to nine months... Life as we fucking know it has completely said, listen, girl. So first of all, let's talk about the fact that, okay, I know I sound like one of those people and I don't care. There is a good chance that Dylan and I had COVID in January and thought it was the flu. Very good chance. <laughs> no, and I will say I've, I've read actually like people are actually starting to confirm the possibility of like that being, you never know. That's, that's the crazy <laughs> thing is that. It was mishandled so, like, it was handled so poorly that we really are never going to know, like, when it came into the country, whether it could have been avoided, whether we could have handled this better. I guess how much better it could have been for us had we had competent fucking leadership. But anyway, I don't want to spend the whole episode on COVID. We've done, and and another thing I will say to the listeners, Deidre and I literally avoided for uh, the entire year discussing 
2020 as a year. We didn't want yeah. this to be. Because it was already happening. Yeah, like. it was everywhere. Like most of our favorite TV shows have switched their newest seasons to to discuss COVID. Can we talk about Grey's Anatomy? Because, right. bitch, depressing as fuck. I mean, Grey's I'm Anatomy. Sure. Let's be clear. Right. No, I, I'm still watching. But Grey's Anatomy is talking COVID. Um, this Is Us is talking COVID. Like, Blackish. Right. A lot of our favorite shows have, have switched these new seasons. And I know that it's important for them to acknowledge things. And a part of it is also they're raising awareness to stress how important it is for people to do the right thing and wear masks. Yeah. And, and I get that. But this podcast is a sort of safe space for a lot of people. It's a place yeah. where they, you know, they come every week to listen, to unwind, to laugh about dumb shit. We really didn't want to be yet another one of your shows or sources of entertainment where you come and all of a sudden every fucking thing that we talk about is COVID. So, right. Yeah. Like we literally was like COVID, what COVID? Let's talk about sex. COVID. We yeah. Let's talk about you know, colorism. <laughs> like we were right. Let's talk about everything else that's going on in the world. <laughs> yeah, we, we literally avoided it for as long as we can. But you know, this is our first episode of 2021, and and it, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge the bad bitch that 2020 was. Um. So, and by bad bitch, that's neither a compliment or an just insult. mean, just mean for no reason. When okay. nobody did nothing to her, she did what the fuck she wanted to do. But anyway, in moving on from COVID, so COVID came into our lives in around you know, uh, mid March. Uh. So after that is when, for me, mentally and emotionally. I think shit really hit the fan because of the murders of Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That was the God, are we going to have anything good to talk about? Motherfuck. We will. We will. Okay. But I, I, I kind of want to go through like well, we have to talk about the things year. Yeah. I get it. I get it. Damn. Everything changed, right? Yeah. Not permanently, not necessarily for the better, but I will say that race and just those conversations have not been quite the same since then. Yeah. Yeah. A lot more intense. I don't know. How do you feel? Like, I don't know what your work dynamic is like, but I will say this, like everything for me changed, especially at my job, because I'm one of Mm -hmm. three people of color at my job. Yeah. I get it. That was where it changed the most for me. The only change I saw was we would get a lot more texts from corporate about like different like town halls and stuff they want to have specifically about DNI diversity and inclusion. However, the texts were particularly annoying to me because the company is extremely diverse. Like the president of our company is a black woman. Okay. That says all you need to know. And this is not just a company that's only here in the state I live in. It's, it covers a good, it's like a good amount of the Eastern part of the United States. So the company is extremely diverse. I have to say, you know what I mean? I've been working with them for a while. Um, so the texts were a little bit annoying, but I also was like, okay, but I appreciate it. You know what I mean? That they're like, oh no, let's do everything that needs to be done. Let's cover all the bases. Let's ask the questions that need to be asked. But I will say, I definitely saw a change in how often they wanted to talk about DNI, which was a little bit daunting and annoying, but I, I guess I appreciate the effort or whatever, you know? Um, but I don't think it could have been avoided this time around, to yeah. be honest. It couldn't, it couldn't. I'm, I'm in this weird place of, I'm like in between, okay, this is good. We're making some sort of progress. I'm glad that these conversations are happening. 
Mm-hmm. That's like one point. The other point is like complete fucking rage. All the time. Absolutely. Understandable. I have never been so pissed off in my life. And I've yeah. been pissed off since at least, I mean, I've been pissed off as a black person my whole life, right? Cute, I mean, Solange, born- mad. Um, like, also, I'm an Aries. So I I've been mad my whole I life. Mean, I was about to say, let's not talk about your <laughs> I mean, we can talk, can we? Because don't get <laughs> One day we're going to discuss my natal chart. But no, this I. You want to, don't get me started, girl. We can talk about it. <laughs> but I legit like. Those, like you said, when those conversations started coming up at work and a lot of white people were doing all of this introspection and, hey, guys, we need to have these conversations and I'd like to bring this forward. And there's so much that we need to learn and this and this and that. My rage for me, it's I wanted to give them credit, right? I did. Yeah. But a part of me was like, where the fuck have you been for Mm. the past however many years? Like, honestly. Where have you been? Because Trayvon Martin didn't die yesterday. He died when I was still in, in, in undergrad, even before, before undergrad. Okay. And even before then, things have Mad always- people was getting killed. Things have <laughs> always been this way for us in this country. So where the fuck have you been? And I get it because um, shout out to, to Joyce from Talk That Talk. She brought it up in our last episode. She was like, you know- it, the chain of events just happened in this way to where we were all on lockdown. We were all yeah. in our homes. We were all, you know, using social media even more than we had been before. So when the protest started and, and you know, it was on the news and these killings were happening, it was this perfect setup to where you could no longer. You couldn't escape it. Yeah, you could no longer escape it and you could no longer ignore it. So if you were ignoring it, you were choosing consciously to be ignorant at that point and I get that which is why sometimes I want to give white people credit I do but I'm still pissed off about it from the minute I realized that they legit had not even thought about the things that I like I was having a hard time working I was like crying in the middle of my work day I having to sign off to get my shit together for months yeah. And they were just like, oh, yeah, I had a riot this weekend. And all of a sudden, I'm super bothered. Like, I don't want to talk about this shit with you. You don't yeah. want me. Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely not. And uh, to be honest with you, since that moment, and uh, it's it's so hard not to make this one podcast episode about so m- much of these heavy things that have happened this year. But since that moment, I have not interacted with my white coworkers the same way. Like Damn. I used to be yeah. you know, open to like hanging out with them and going to social events and doing all this stuff with them. I legit have not been with the shits. Like rightfully the fuck so ill. Like I just I'm, I can't. I'm trying to think of what because like so the company that I currently work for, like I said, is very diverse there. Mm. So I'm lucky enough that the white coworkers that I do interact with, you know. They bought that shit, right? <laughs> like for me, and I just can't help it. I just have a very rebellious spirit. I wouldn't have make it that far on a Zoom call. I would have been like, hey, y'all, I'm so sorry to shift the topic of this Zoom call. However, I just want to go back to 2011 or 2012 when yeah. Trayvon Martin, you know? And, and the and thing is like, it's, it's hard being that person because it's like, I don't want to just, you know, and I don't even want to call it ruining the meeting, but like, it's like not ruining the meeting though that's the thing it's it's literally not not ruining the meeting it's not but at the same time 
because I'm one of these, you know, the three, if any of us brings up this topic, if any of us quote unquote aggressively addresses this, right? Mm-hmm. We become that stereotypical angry black. Yeah, woman, right? absolutely. So a part yeah. of it is also like it's self-preservation because it's of course. Do I want to come off as this angry person? Two, do I even want to bother explaining to you guys to why this is who don't fucked up? Hear. Yeah, because you feel like you're talking to a wall. Not even just that. Why do I have to be your teacher? Why do you I know, have to teach you? And you don't, you know, and for me, you know what I, cause I went through that period in my life where I avoided saying certain things cause I don't want to come off as angry. But then I had a conversation with myself. I said, Deidre, you can compliment somebody's sweater and they're going to say you're coming off as angry. So say what the fuck you want to say. So for me at work, I was like, yeah, no, if some, let me tell you something. There was this one dude at work. Well, I couldn't stand that motherfucker. We had beef, right? <laughs> like, but he was so offensive. And I, he was a typical white man in America. Let's just say that he was the only man on our team. And I was that motherfucker at work who used to constantly call him out when he said some shit that was problematic. Because for me, it's like, I already don't want to be here doing this job. I'll be damned if there's somebody who's going to be outside of my body who's causing me discomfort at a job that I don't even want to be doing. Especially when everything was cool up until you got here. So when you say some shit that's racist, I'm going to let your ass know, hey, such and such, let's call him Bob. Hey, Bob, what you just said was inappropriate. And here's why. And and I never would be like aggressive, but I would just say, hey, Bob, hey, that wasn't cool. And this is why. And he would always take it personally. He would always get offended. And I didn't give a fuck, right? I genuinely didn't care. (laughs) When I tell you, I didn't give a fuck. And I mean, that's, that's, (laughs) I wouldn't say that it's not for me. I just would say that there comes a point where you're so fucking exhausted of having to educate people all the time. Absolutely. And, you know, as a form of self-preservation, we just, we didn't sit there silently for the whole conversation, but, you know, I waited until they were good and done getting their, their white feelings out as I will call (sighs) them. Yeah. Because that's another part of it is the reason I remember that as such a significant part of my year is, is again, the rage, the rage of yeah. like, how the fuck didn't you notice what's happening too? Yeah. Why is it that now that you've come to this epiphany that, oh my God, racism is real. Why do I the feel blacks like- have not been lying at all right. this whole time? <laughs> so one, I'm pissed off because you just discovered the shit. Two, I'm getting pissed off now because- now we're in staff meetings and I have to sit here while you decipher your feelings about race. Like I, when at the I, end of the day, you're going to leave. And if you get pulled over by the cops, you don't have to worry fine, about right? if you're going to die. Yeah. But also it's, it's this thing of, of white people and their, their feelings and feeling like I have to make you feel better because your grandfather racist. Like, why the fuck are we doing this at work? We have a staff meeting in 15 minutes. I don't have time yeah. for this shit. Like that rage yeah. followed me throughout the rest of the year. And I'm still yeah. trying to come to terms with it. And I won't lie. I don't want to paint my job or my coworkers in a super negative light. I will give them credit for trying. We have a diversity equity, uh, diversity, equity, inclusion committee. I'm the co-chair of it. Like there is work being done, but it's this constant push and pull of like, we'll have these progressive conversations and then somebody will come in and be like, yeah, and I took this allyship course and I learned so much and da 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 da, oh, da. And then I like that. Not the I like it. Course. I like it. But like then they that. start taking over the conversations and feeling like I've made so much progress. So I have all these ideas and I want to hear your ideas because that's how we move forward. But at the same time, this ain't about you. 
This is mm-hmm. not about you. So there, there's so many layers to this conversation, but I will say like, that was a big part of my year too, because you know, it, it was like a, a domino effect of just like how those police killings and those protests literally changed my entire dynamic at work. So it wasn't mm-hmm. just the COVID pandemic either. It was me becoming so much more, I can slightly compare myself to those white people in, in the sense of I developed this uncomfortable ass awareness of just how black I was at work. Like, really? It's not that I didn't always know. It's that it became painfully overwhelming. Everything I did or said at work, every meeting I was in, no matter what the conversation was about in the back of my head, I was just like, y'all are so fucking white. Like, (laughs) Uh, you know what? (laughs) I think that's something I have to thank my mom for is because my mom, you know, my mom has her ways, right? She's got a lot of shit that, you know, is very Gen X of her. However, she's also very radical. And so I grew up very aware of those differences between Mm -hmm. myself as a black woman and white people. You know what I mean? I grew up never, you know, there's this, um, we talked about it in the, um, the decolonization episode, but there's this like, um, looming sense of like begging for acceptance by the white folks of some people from back home. I've never felt that or experienced it because I was raised by someone who was very like always talking about the colonizers and things of that nature. So for me, if I enter a space, I kind of, especially here in America, I find myself like, okay, this is probably a mostly white space. Like, like I remember the day that I interviewed at my last job, a very corporate job. I remember like sitting there the day of my interview, like seeing if I could count how many black people I would see the day of my interview. And girl, I counted five. I was like, damn. And I was just in the like reception area. Girl, there was was one. Yeah, I was definitely like, okay, so there's hope. Like, girl, you know, I wore my straight wig the day of my interview. But by the time I saw the amount of black faces that passed through, I was like, okay, okay, it's lit. But I've always had that awareness. And even like, um, so I'm grateful to my mom for that. Because baby. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think the awareness was always there. It's just, it went from, I can be cordial with these people and I can, you know, I, I can see myself, you know, hanging out. And I did, you know, we went to happy hours and all types of stuff as coworkers. And it went from that to me feeling like there's this guard that I have to place now between you and I, and, Mm -hmm. you know, with, I will say that in all of my relationships with white people, I have the guard on, on, on ready. Like it's sitting mm-hmm. somewhere in the back. Cause I'm like, you cool right now, but you going to do some, especially white women. I will say that you cool right now, <laughs> but you going to, there's going to come a day where you're going to do some straight up white woman shit. You ain't, you probably ain't even going to do it to me, but I'm going to be in the general vicinity when you do it. Yeah. And I'm going to have to put that guard up that those protests and everything that happened and the conversations that happened afterwards were that moment where I was like, y'all cool, but this is, I'm drawing this line. Yeah. And y'all are not allowed to cross that boundary anymore. We're cordial. Y'all are, I, I love working with you, but in terms of you entering my space as a black person and you being allowed into my life and my personal boundaries. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, so yeah, that, that definitely shifted a, a big dynamic for me, but that was, I think that was a big part of, of our year. Um, and I mm-hmm. think the 
biggest, you know, it's, it's a tie for me after that, the two biggest events I can remember are the elections and Chadwick Boseman passing away. Oh. And it was just like, Jesus, look, I'm not trying to make this a negative episode. I am reflecting. Okay. So I we know. are not avoiding, Jeez. we are not avoiding, we are not um, deflecting on, on the truth. <sighs> So, Chadwick Boseman dying was definitely so, obviously we were all shocked because we was like, well, damn, nigga, we didn't know you were sick. But I think the thing that made my heart hurt was knowing that so many people months prior were speculating all kinds of dumb shit mm-hmm. about him because of his declining like weight. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if we're going to talk about Black Twitter, we're going to talk about Black Twitter, right? Because mm-hmm. there was the crackhead jokes. There were the, so many jokes about his weight. Granted, there was a good amount of people who just assumed that he was in character, right? A lot of people yeah. just assumed he was working on a movie, which makes sense. You know, like you got an actor who suddenly like loses a ton of weight. You've never heard of him having any health issues it's smart it's, it makes sense to assume that he's working on a role and he lost a ton of because shit everybody has done a lot of actors have done that but then you know people making crackhead jokes and things of that nature and then he just dies and we're like oh fuck you know and then it's like yeah now y'all gotta reflect on all the fucked up shit you said about that man because he lost all that weight and then it was like fuck like damn 2020 like you didn't have to take two of them among the others that you've taken like it was just a lot it was just I, a I lot. think it was it was extremely painful because we had as a community gone through so much grief and death on top of co- because people of color are suffering absolutely way as, as we do with everything Exponentially, else yeah, yeah we're, we're suffering disproportionately from covid right so we had lost this legend at the beginning of the year. We were suffering disproportionately from COVID. And then on top of that, we were losing this other legend. And it was it 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 was sudden, it was unexpected. Um I I won't dwell on it too much on this episode, but I will say that like that was such a huge and unexpected loss. And I still have not watched Black Panther since then, and I probably won't for a long time because I am not ready yet. But no. yeah, I just Listen, cheers to Chadwick, because if y'all have seen his his final film, it was beautiful. And I I I would not be surprised if he gets an Oscar nomination um, for it. You know they will, because Americans love to give people their roses after they die. Right. And and <laughs> but I will say this: if he does receive it, I won't feel only like it's because of what his passing. It? It's um Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It, yeah, it's mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's it's pretty good, but if if he does receive an Oscar nomination, I won't feel like it's, oh, it's just because he died. It's he, that role, like, absolutely deserves it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So after this, um, we were winding down to the election of a fucking century. We were trying to no get mind. that orange ass, no- green Cheeto ass bitch out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, nothing happened between August and November? That's Shit, nothing happened. I remember. Shit, let me try to think because that's very <laughs> crazy. <laughs> what the fuck? Nothing that I can remember. No, uh-uh. Oh, no, no, this happened in July because I was about to say, we're not going to try to fucking gloss over Black is King. We're not going to, we're not going to gloss over Black is we King. We just, I mean, we discussed Black is, Black is King in other episodes. Black is King is part of 2020. <laughs> I can't you know the okay. last name. 
So let me We're give black is over black is king. Let me give black is king its roses. Thank in you. July of 2020, the Queen Mother, Her Royal Highness Jesus of the Earth, skies and the internet, Beyonce. Giselle, by approval of Blue Ivy Carter. Obviously. By approval of Blue Ivy Carter, <laughs> dropped her long-awaited project, Black is King. She graced us. Listen. You know, and you know, I think the reason. Yeah, you you know, hey, no, 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 no. You ain't gonna. No, what the fuck? You ain't gonna sit. What's the glass of a black is king? You ain't gonna sit here and act like I ain't the beehivist of the beehive, okay? You, you <laughs> act like it. <laughs> what I will say is that every time we start fucking discussing Black is King on this damn podcast, we just spend forty minutes on Black is King. So, so we don't have blue, blue Ivy approved. Okay, Blue Ivy, don't edit this podcast after we don't That's true. You I, do. You're right. Okay, when Blue sorry. Ivy starts sending these checks, we're going to discuss Black is King for a whole episode. Okay, okay, fine. Fine. <laughs> no, but what I will say is that <laughs> was the most... People think that she's overrated. People think that she's overhyped. That was the most beautiful this... fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. The, I thought... was... Let me ask you this, though. Did Black is King top lemonade for you? Yes. You think so? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let me just be honest, right? The thing, you know, I'm like an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit and other artists' shit, right? So I don't ever see an artist's work as a competition. Like, I don't see, like, different new bodies of work competing with the others. I just see evolution. Does that make sense? Mm. So Lemonade was perfect for when it came out. Black is King is perfect for when it came out. Yes, Black is King. I feel like Beyonce's work always tops the last and it doesn't make the last any less valuable. It just means that this artist is continuing to evolve and be spectacular at the things. You know what I mean? Because even Lemonade absolutely topped um, Self-Titled because, I mean, Self-Titled was iconic, groundbreaking. Right. And then her next project was like, oh no, bitch, I got something else because I'm a turn. Not only am I going to have a video for every song, but it's going to be a movie. <laughs> and then she said, oh no, bitch, this is going to be everything that you've ever imagined. Yeah. And then some, because my imagination tops your imagination. So what right? I will say is that I can't compare the two. I Absolutely not. Yeah, I, I think that they're two extremely beautiful standalone projects. <laughs> and I, they were two different eras in her life and for two completely different purposes. Mm-hmm. They both celebrate Blackness so yep. beautifully. Yep. Lemonade has just a special place in my heart because it of was course. so raw and so emotional and just yeah. so everything. But Black is King was the... I tell you that... that I've never been like I was sitting in front of the TV and just like this is the most beautiful shit I've ever seen in my fucking black is can was black. <laughs> fuck. So here's the thing, right? Because for like okay, when you think about cuz I I can't exclude self-titled from these com- these bodies of work, right? Oh, of course right? not. Self-titled, self-titled started Yeah. So first of all, self-titled, I don't know if y'all know this, but self-titled was a literal documentation of her spiritual awakening, just in case y'all didn't know. Um, And those were songs that were actually old. Some of those songs were songs that she had written years prior, but she finally actually performed them. That's number one. And then Lemonade came out. Lemonade was for us, but it was her showing us that she's no different than us. In my personal opinion, these are my interpretations, but Lemonade was so many of her experiences, but it was all Black women's experiences, regardless of where we fall in the, in the diaspora. And then, in my opinion, Black is King was for us. Our ancestors were speaking to us through Beyonce in Black is King. Like, I mean, obviously it came out in the album the year prior, 
a lot of us weren't ready to hear it because I don't remember um, the album itself being as popping as the visuals, you know? And I think a big part of that is because we've come to just expect visuals from Beyonce, if we're being honest. Obviously, whatever Beyonce drops, I'm going to listen to it. I listened to the album like once or twice, but it was the visuals that was like... What do you okay. mean once or twice? Okay, we're not going to knock the fucking genius no, no, no. that was Lion King the gift. No, no, no. I'm not knocking it. The thing was, was for me, because I'm like one of those annoying people. I'm very meticulous with how I consume my art. I hadn't seen the live... Ver- I hadn't seen the live action Lion King. And I didn't want to listen to the episode without seeing the movie. And so because I had waited so long to see the movie, I just finally gave up. I said, fine, let me listen to the album. Because I really wanted to see the movie before listening to the album. So eventually I did start listening to the album. And I was enjoying it, but I'm not going to lie. It didn't resonate for me until I got Black is King. I can't even lie. Like, shit, I'm part of the beehive, okay? Like, But... Black is King. I feel like the gift on Black is King were two different things until Black is King came out, if that makes any sense at all. But Black is King was just phenomenal. I am so grateful for that body of work. I feel like that's one of the most valuable pieces of art, like, especially in, for Black people. Like, girl, girl. Okay? Like, it, it. <sighs> That shit was everything. I ain't gonna lie. That everything. I'm glad, everything. We, I, I'm glad we, we brought that up and talked about it because, listen, <laughs> Beyonce came in in the middle of a shit, literally dead smack in the middle and was like, you know what? I got y'all. Mom, did you see her new Mother is video? here. Mother is here to save the day. I did. As pre- oh, no, that shit. I was literally in my bed bawling my eyes out. She <laughs> posted, no, I'm not even gonna lie. Yeah, no, it was it was beautiful. Um, she just she just keeps coming with the shits and I cannot wait for 2021 Beyonce it seems like she's going to get some rest she's been working you gonna come she out the working. motherfucking gate well rested and I'm ready for the shit okay yeah, Beyonce well rested Beyonce working. mean my edge is about to be out yeah I enjoy Beyonce she came she came twice to save 2020 mm-hmm. not only she did really she did. appear the savage me. fucking remix the motherfucking Megan Stallion <laughs> come Listen. on now Beyonce done came and really woke us up in 20 20- she was like hey yeah. y'all come on stop acting we, we might we might have to add her as the the 2020 MVP along with Black mm-hmm. cause she was yeah. out here just giving us the goods she um, was working too hard in 2020 Beyonce your back was. must be hurting from carrying us right <laughs> right <laughs> carrying them three kids and the whole year the church are in the whole year and the whole black community come Listen. on now stop it <laughs> another <laughs> shout out though that i that i do want to give for 2020 um chloe and hallie's uh album their second album came out ungodly hour came out in june listen I love those girls ungodly oh hour God. is without a doubt one of the best albums i've ever listened to in my i love life. those okay. girls they i just they're not human they're not i don't understand okay how it's possible they've been coming with the exist. theatrics with the live performances from home Ooh. that tennis court has been burnt overused stayed. yeah the, the tennis court is tired but I they just, gave us everything everything yeah. okay Get, <laughs> y'all know i love black women if i could just touch the hem of chloe's garment like yes yeah i think that would be enough because <laughs> goddamn another good album for me this year um and this isn't me just saying like oh these were the best albums of the year this is me saying like albums that i was drawn to and that i listened to so i listened to lion king the gift a lot i listened Mm -hmm. to ungodly hour a lot miss ariana grande okay i I can't help with that i don't know anything about that well i listen i'm I'm gonna have to put you on positions 
her new album. She's got beautiful vocals, you know? But it wasn't even just beautiful vocals. Ariana came out the gate and was like, I know y'all think I'm a little girl. This album is, I be busting it wide open and I'm going to sing about it. What's up? Like, yeah. But do you think it's that Disney Channel syndrome that the girls go through? Well, I mean, no, because she she's been out of that for a long time. I think for Ariana Grande, the issue is that most people were not willing to let go of that. She had been came out of that image a long time ago. More power to her. I mean, she did come with some different looks this time, though. Yes, I will never take away from Ariana's um, vocals. Maybe I'll I'll go listen to the album because I and listen from start to finish. It really is a a pretty album. I'll do that. Um, I need something to listen to. Yeah, so I mean, we we had some some pretty good music. We had some pretty good shows. Um, Another like we we were trying to get to Alia one of the the huge events of this year and something we've been long waiting for for the past four motherfucking years was to get this orange ass, dusty ass, Cheeto ass, apricot general, the fuck out of here. We brought this episode with the fact that this motherfucker is no longer in office. Well, he's still in office. He's still Um, in office. You know what I mean? The inauguration is in like two weeks. That election was the most stressful seven fucking days of my life. Okay. Yeah. Steven was pissed with me. Okay. He was like, go to sleep. I was like, I can't. Cause you I, were up no. stressing. You girl for what? You know what, Deidre? I, 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 <laughs> I love that you can put the world down and go to bed and just live your best bad bitch life. I love that things do not attach themselves to you and affect you. Okay. But some of us, our fucking Scorpio moons, Deidre. No, let me you know finish. what really? Let me finish because I'm like, I was like, bitch, I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, and that's good for you. I'm glad you woke up and you were relaxed and your skin was glowing and life was still great and you <laughs> prosecco. But bitch, I was stressed. Okay, I was stressed <laughs> out. I couldn't really sleep. Stephen was in here taking naps and shit. He was. He didn't care. He was like, whatever happens is going to happen. I was like, cool. I get that. I have no control. Okay, I get it. I understand the concept of having no control over the election results. That did not negate the fact that I was like, yo, if this motherfucker wins again, I am out this bitch. I was looking at countries that would accept Americans in COVID. Okay, I was. (laughs) Let me tell you. So, okay. so I was already going through my own at the time. I remember going through some personal things, but even aside from the personal things, I just was like, I did my part. I voted early. I showed up. I gave the people my things. I double checked. They told me that my vote is there. I did my part. All I can do at this point is wait for the results. This baby got to eat. I'm fucking tired. I've been working overnight. Like, I was like, fuck this. I'm going to sleep. Like, I'm not. I can't, I, because Dylan don't want to hear that shit. We got one TV in this house. I'm like, this baby don't give a fuck about the news. He wants to watch Ninjago. You I know? Twitter. <laughs> I was like... Come on, Arizona. Mm. Come on, Nevada. Hurry up. Like, I was scrolling Twitter, like, let's Seeing go. Georgia do the most was cute, though. Seeing Georgia, like, yeah. I was like, bitch, yeah. I'm not going to lie, right? So the night, ugh, I get emotional thinking about it. Seeing Kamala walk up that stage. In that white. Yo, I was on my couch crying my eyes out. I was like, I, bitch. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. <laughs> So y'all know me, we we had the election episode. We talked about who our favorite candidates were and all of that stuff. Y'all know that Biden and Kamala were not my first choice. Y'all know that I still have super 
little, the bar is a little expectations for them because at the end of the day, the Democratic Party in the U.S. is the Democratic Party, okay? Um, so I was, I really did try not to let the symbolism of a Black woman being the vice president distract me from the fact that there was still work to do. But I will say, when she walk out in that fucking white suit and was on some like we did it joe type shit i that video of her in the grass <laughs> listen but the, and then to whoever was her speech writer for that night fucking killed it blew it out the fucking let me tell you heart. something i was emotional <sighs> i was like yeah it was that's a tear bitch like oh no, what is see? this uh, listen, I am very Aquarius, right? Let me tell you something. Detachment, <laughs> that's my favorite thing about me. But, bitch, I was crying. <laughs> I was sitting there crying. I, okay, I did get I was emotional. Like, wow. That was, I'm, I'm so proud to be able to have witnessed that. I'm just proud to be able to say that. And, and also to, to, be, to, to be the mother of a son at a time like this. Mm. Because that was one of that's one of the most important aspects of mothering for me is raising a son to understand the value of women, specifically black women. So, you know, it's when it's snuggle time, we'd be laid up on a couch and he'd be laying up on my chest and stuff. But him seeing how important that was for me and him like to him, this was just okay, something mommy's watching on the news, but he's like, Girl, why are you crying? And I was like, bruh, a woman has never, ever been in the White House before. And a black woman at that, he's like, I know Barack Obama was our first black president. I was like, exactly. However, okay. <laughs> when I gave him the layers, and I love that he's just so receptive to information. He's like, yeah, that's a big deal. I see why you're so. Like, <laughs> Dylan was like, I'll allow it. Yeah, he was, it was literally cool. that. Because at first he's like, Mommy, why are you crying? Like, what's happening? Are you sad about something? I was like, no, Dylan, you just don't. And I just had to kind of calm myself down and explain it to him. And when I explained it, he said, oh, so she's making history. I said, baby, she is making history. <laughs> he was like, oh, that, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> I will say this. Um, white women voted exactly how white women go and vote. So I'm not surprised. Yeah, was not surprised either. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> 70, I think they said 74 million people still voted for Trump. That's fine. Um, but Arizona flipping blue made mm. me extremely proud. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes. Arizona also legalized um, that good, good shit. Um, yeah. I am pretty excited Period. about that personally. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just I keep forgetting that you live in a, in a, uh-huh. pre- in a, in a previously run state. Like, right. I, 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 I watched my state about. flip blue, you know, so that was pretty That's exciting. Um, but all in all, I mean, that was a fucking stressful ass election for me. And I'm, I'm glad that the results were what they were, but I want it to be, I, I think I won't, fully breathe easy and be like okay let's move on from this chapter until i see senior douchebag loading up marine one and being like peace out then i'm gonna be like i heard heard melania been packing (laughs) i heard so too i was like she had the moving man she's tired she been packing but yeah i mean (laughs) i feel i feel like so much happened this year and and honestly it's it's too much to name and a lot of it was overwhelmingly just like heavy and, and, you know, a lot to experience. But what yeah. I want to finish this episode on is the good things. 
So if you could name like your, I guess, top three of shit that happened to you this year or happened for you this year. Like personally? Personally, what would you say? Uh-huh. Oh my God. Okay, okay, okay. First of all, number one would be spending more time with my Dylan because obviously he spent most of his time in school and I spent most of my time at work. 2020 was my first year being home full-time. Even pre-pandemic, I had just, you know, gone through all my shit and quit my job and all that shit. Mm-hmm. So I was at home realizing like, yo, I love this shit. So that was probably number one for me was mm-hmm. being more present at home. Number two. <laughs> Don't stop. Cause you know, this is a lot for me. This is a lot. No, I'm gonna save that for last. Okay. The other big thing was, um, me stepping into myself right and I'm trying not to get emotional saying it because there is so much that I thought I know about myself and I left my job November 2019 and even in January 2020 when I was like this is my year and all that bullshit there's so much that I did not know about myself that if I compare this time a year ago, I'm like, damn, bitch, that's a lot to learn about yourself, you know? So just stepping into myself, fully taking my two hands and saying, hey, power, you're mine. Just taking it back. That is That should be number one, but whatever. This is in no particular order. And I guess I could stay meeting that nigga that I like so much. I have a whole man that I really like. Like, I really, I love, love that man. Yeah. I love him bad. Oh my God. You but you know man. what? Me like, I was minding my business, talking shit on the internet, right? And he just fell in my lap. And I love him bad. I do. I'm like, wow, this is really cute. I get it. Why the people are always so in love and shit. This is nice. And he looked good. And, you know, so that was, that was beautiful, you know, and I actually think I can be somebody's wife one day. Those things were great. What about you, girl? Because I want a nap. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say one of the biggest things that happened to me this year was, um, you know, this hair thing on my hand, this hair thing. Um, no, I it wasn't even just um engagement i will say i i feel the same way about steven that you feel about the time that you were able to spend with dylan um i think because of our jobs and everything that we get so consumed in steven and i spend most of our time at work and when we come home we're trying to unwind from work or yeah and i think covid gave us that chance to slow down and just enjoy being in each other's presence um despite covid we did manage to go on two trips this year and they were very like socially distanced trips. Um, we stayed in Airbnbs the entire time, but like I legit just had opportunities to like be around my man this year and like love up on my man and (laughs) enjoy being with each other, you know? And I think as difficult as the year was, I can think of no better way to prepare yourself for marriage than to be stuck in a house with somebody. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, like, and that that ain't even just me, like, being sentimental or emotional. Like, that's not even me. That is the way you said the words. Oh, my God. (laughs) But I'm 
I'm saying? Like, it's not even just the like, oh, you discover how much you love a person. You discover like, okay, we can do this. If we can be yeah. around each other this much and nobody yeah. died, nobody got murked. Like, we're good. We can do this marriage shit. Like, we're fine. Um, but no, we 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 butted heads a lot. We, we had our moments, but we learned so much more about each other than I thought was, was possible. So that was a really good thing for us this year. We, uh, like I said, in the beginning of the episode, we counted down the days at this point, like we got what three, four episodes left. And then your girl going to be a married woman, but in next Oh my time. gosh. Um, I'm such a girl. It's very <laughs> annoying. It's very annoying. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and um, let's see. I have two more things. My next thing would be, and this is me trying to cover both my job and starting a business and everything I was doing with Gil Meets Wall. I discovered so much more about what I was capable of this year. I think that I surpassed any limits or expectations I had, you know, put on myself or had for myself. Um, I did really well at at my full-time job. My business is doing pretty well. Y'all meets Wall for a long time was doing really well until I got sick and fucking tired of the internet. So I'm working on that. But just, you know, I, I think COVID gave me the time or 2020 gave me the time to sit down and really, you know, look inward and be like, okay, bitch, time for this wall takeover. What do you want to do? It's like, yeah. the world is yours at this point, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think the third thing would be, and we are going to do this, Deidre, while any of us getting sappy. Okay. But the Wait, third- give me two seconds. Because <laughs> you know my ass be emotional as fuck. <laughs> drinking. <laughs> I've been drinking this whole time. We've never got it. Okay. The third thing would be that I, and it's not even just about you coming on the podcast. I have developed and deepened friendships with some very specific and very important people this year. And Deidre and Diamond, I think are of course like the top two. Um, (laughs) shout Shout out to my friend, Ariana. She lives here in Tucson. She's one of the other people that I got really close to this year, but I allowed myself, and this is not something, and Deidre, I think you and I had this conversation earlier this year, getting close to women in my life is not something that I really allow myself to do. And that's because of just my history with my mom and all that good stuff. Yeah. But this year was that year where like, I allowed y'all to like love on me the way you wanted to with all your fucking wishes. I just let it happen. Um, (laughs) You did. And I found myself. Yeah. But like by the end of the year, just me allowing y'all to like create that your own space in my life and like love on me the way that your your female friends or your tribe is supposed to. I found mm-hmm. myself like, you know, embracing that. Like by the end of the year, me and Daima would be on the phone. And she'd be like, okay, love you. I'd be like, okay, love you too. Bye. And then Yay! I'd be like, what? <laughs> yes. Who am I? Like <laughs> just, I'm really not like a, overly like oh my god I love y'all so much like that's just not me yeah but I see myself becoming that person when I when I talk about my one-to-one partnerships I'm always like man hey Aita me and my nigga obviously me and Dylan like I always talk about like us like yeah it's like my big time one-to-one partnership because it's like 
this, this is, is what work we that do. I want yes. to be doing. You know what I mean? Like, this is the work that makes me feel good. You know, like this is the work that I like look forward to doing. And then it's just like, there's nothing that feels better than working with your loved ones. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like this shit yeah. feels good as fuck, you yeah. know, like it feels so good. And I'm like, God, like, I love this girl. Like, I love you bad. <laughs> That's like, us all the time. We'd be like, oh my God, I love you bad. You know how happy I'd be like when I see you post? I'm like, oh my God, I love her. Even when you were like, you needed a break. I was like, yes, bitch, take a motherfucking break because you need it. But no, I, I, yeah, I, I think that developing those friendships this year, um, allowing myself to really, you know, let those friendships grow into, you know, sisterhood and all that good stuff mm-hmm. this year. That was a big part of my year. Yeah. Um, because I, I think a lot of people think that like you and I, or for example, me and Diamond and like, we just been friends for years and we've been acquaintances for a long time yeah. we've known each other in passing, but this was the year where for, and I honestly can't tell you what the exact thing was that led Me, us yeah, to same. be like, yo, you know, we're sisters. Fuck that. Like we don't yeah, know. It was just, it just happened decided. very, yeah, yeah, it happened very organically. Um, you know, you coming onto the podcast was a very easy decision for me. It's not something I had to think about a lot. Really? Um, that is, that's I didn't so have to wild think about. to me. The minute I was like, I need a co-host. I was like, who would be like the perfect person for this? And you came to mind because you had been such a constant, like you genuinely loved the podcast. And I was like, it needs to be somebody <laughs> who would be about this life. And <laughs> I like give you all like your props because your consistency, your devotion to it. Like this podcast has grown so much since it gained a co-host. And I hope that you take full credit for that. Wow. Girl. Like you are, oh you are God, a huge presence you. on the good up podcast. Wow. I, and I, I mean, shit, like this is, yeah, I, I, will, I love it here. It's ghetto, but you know, it's the, well, we're very ghetto. <laughs> it's I, I don't regret the decision at all. I am I very it happy here. about, you know, everything that we've done together. We've accomplished a lot together. Like, first of all, 10,000. First of all, we're at 16,000 No, I'm talking about the, the milestone in of itself. And yeah. that's Dylan's favorite word now is milestone. Yeah, by way. So yeah we, we hit... <laughs> We hit 10K we in hit 2020. 10K. Um, we I'm proud of us. Over 30 episodes. So this is going to be episode 34. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's crazy. Like in 2021, we'll hit our, our 50th episode and who knows, maybe more. Yeah. Um, so, what you mean? Who knows? We're hitting more. Yeah. Like we definitely hit <laughs> more, <you> but, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's been a journey. Like 2020 was an overwhelming year I won't call it yeah. good I won't call it bad it's just word. it was overwhelming yeah <laughs> it was a lot yeah it was a lot you know what for the collective it definitely was overwhelming me personally I, I can't say that like it was a good year for me you know and and then I also have to remind myself not to feel guilty about that yeah. you know what I mean like because the reality is is it was a good year for some and it wasn't a good year for others mm-hmm. and so it was overwhelming I think that is the most fitting word you know um and for me I'm just like Deidre you are still alive mm-hmm. you have so much to offer the world do what you can to contribute to the world's healing and that's the focus of my like that's my primary focus is okay 
2020 wasn't that great for a lot of people. What can you do to contribute to people coming up from that shit, right? What are, what's going to be a contribution? You know, like if you had such a good year, share that shit with others, you know? And that's all I could do because we're alive for a reason, you know? Yeah, we, and we're, I, we're alive for a reason. That's one thing I definitely won't take for granted. And I, I don't want others to take that for granted too, is that, you know, although many of us were safe and social distancing and doing whatever we needed to do, there was no guarantee that COVID was not going to affect any of us in, in significant ways. So, you know, Mm -hmm. the fact that you're here and breathing and able to listen to this podcast, like personally, I'm glad you're here, whether it was surviving the pandemic or surviving mental health struggles or just surviving is like, if you're here, I'm glad you're here. Um, Shit, Deidre, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm glad you're here too, girl. Is here, you know. Period. Yes. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to yet another <clears throat> year of same. doing amazing fucking shit with this podcast. So same. Yeah. With that being said, <sighs> <laughs> with that being said, I didn't even do any housekeeping at the beginning of the episode. So if you enjoyed this episode, I want you to share your 2020 highlights or lowlights or however you felt about 2020 as a year with us on social media. Make sure you use hashtag good up Tuesdays. If you are a part of our YouTube crew, make sure you are commenting down below. Make sure you like this video, how, how do vloggers say it? Make sure you like, make sure you comment, like, make sure comment, you subscribe. subscribe. <laughs> do all of that shit, okay? Yeah, um, we appreciate you for, for tuning into this episode. Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media. We are on Twitter and Instagram at GoodUpPod. We are on Facebook at The Good Up Podcast. And of course, if you want the exclusive of the exclusive, as in receiving your episodes early and getting bonus content, which I promise y'all we are in 2021. I have more time on my hands. Y'all are getting those yeah. bonus episodes absolutely very soon. Um Make sure to join us on Patreon. So patreon.com slash good up podcast. We're looking forward to yet another episode with you guys right back here next Tuesday. Deidre, tell the people. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Good Up is hosted and produced by Deidre Ritter and Hey Isaac Quinones Ivory and is a proud member of the Kicking It family. Find us on all social media platforms at good up pod. Use hashtag good up Tuesday to continue the conversation and get access to exclusive bonus content at patreon.com slash goodup podcast.